Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we study biblical prophecy. Today we are in Daniel chapter 8, and we see the terrifying vision that Daniel encountered. I'm going to jump to the very end of the chapter and read about Daniel's reaction to what he saw in this vision. It says, And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I rose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. You know, is it fun and easy and exciting to be a prophet? It doesn't sound like it, does it? It's a hard calling. Listen to the vision he saw in chapter 7. Again, the very last verse of chapter 7. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my mind. So what's this vision that Daniel sees in chapter 8. This is another vision that occurred to him about two years after the vision we studied in Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 8 starts off with, in the first verse, in the third year of the reign of the king Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after that which appeared to me at the first. In other words, this is a subsequent vision. And there's, I would say, three principal aspects to this vision. First, in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 3, he sees a ram with two horns. Now, the characteristics of the ram with the two horns, obviously horns are symbolic of power in an animal, and particularly in apocalyptic literature, biblical prophecy, a horn is indicative of kingship or power. And the two horns are the Medo-Persian Empire. In other words, it was the combination of two empires that reigned somewhere between 539 to 330 BC. And later in chapter 8, uh, Daniel sees, in the first part of chapter 8, the vision, but Gabriel appears, the angel Gabriel. Yes, the Gabriel we know from the New Testament. And verse 20, he interprets it. He says, as for the ram which you saw with the two horns, these are the kings, plural, that's why you have two horns, of Media and Persia. And just by way of, I guess, contemporary interest, this area today is Iran, which is in the newspapers and on all of our online news segments. Just, just a thought, and I realize that Iran, in many people's viewpoint, presents a threat to many parts of the world and such, but the people in Iran come from a very noble ancient empire, and perhaps a little respect <laughs> with the way we treat the people, might get more cooperation. Just a thought, and may not be true, but just a thought. Any case, it was Iran. And then it says, I saw the ram charging westward, northward, and southward. No beast could stand before him. In other words, this became a dominant world empire. 
and he did as he pleased and magnified himself. This is what I view as a key phrase in Daniel chapter 8, the idea of these great kings. And remember, these are emperors over a extensive kingdom, conquering other kings and kingdoms, and they magnify themselves. And by magnify themselves, it means not just that uh, they were increasing in power, but they also increased in their viewpoint of themselves. And these kings, these emperors started taking divine attributes to themselves, divine descriptions of themselves, magnifying themselves And we're going to see there's one king towards the end of this chapter that really goes overboard with this. All right, number two, Daniel chapter 8 and verse 5, we saw a he-goat in the vision who charges across the whole earth without touching the ground. In other words, he's running so fast, it doesn't even look like his feet touched the ground. Well, who, who had an empire that just was so vast, so great, and conquered so much of that known world in such a limited period of time. Of course, that was Alexander the Great in the Greek Empire, who reigned around 330 to about 63 BC. And Daniel uh, gets the interpretation again from Gabriel later in the chapter, in 8, verse 21, the he-goat is the king of Greece, and the great horn between his eyes is the first king. But note again in verse 8, it says, And the he-goat magnified himself exceedingly. A characteristic in here. We're building up to something. Because these things don't go away. We really need to remember, this isn't just limited to ancient Medo-Persia or Babylon or Greece or even Rome. These things don't go away. And even though they may disappear from history for a while, They have an uncanny ability to pop back up. All right, now the biggie. And we're going to take two episodes, the rest of this episode and next episode, over the little horn mentioned in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 9. It says, out of one of them, and basically it talks about the Greek empire in Daniel 8 and verse 8 splitting into four parts. And out of one of those four parts arose a little horn who grew exceedingly. Now, historically, there's not a whole lot of question who this is, because Alexander the Great died young, and his great kingdom immediately, or almost immediately, split into four parts, and out of one of those four parts arose Antiochus Epiphanes. He's, if you've never heard of him before, he's a, he's a name to keep familiar when you're studying biblical prophecy. And it says the little horn came up and grew exceedingly. And part of the reason Daniel was basically laid up in bed, appalled and overcome by the vision was particularly what this little horn. He's gonna move against the people of God. He's gonna persecute the people of God and he is going to create all types of problems. Now, there are two books in the Catholic and Orthodox Bibles, 1st and 2nd Maccabees, that talk about this whole affair with Antiochus Epiphanes. The Maccabean revolt 
against this godless ruler Antiochus Epiphanes is what First and Second Maccabees is about. It's also what the celebration of Hanukkah by the Jewish people is all about. And Antiochus Epiphanes came in, he wanted to Hellenize or use the Greek culture to basically consolidate his kingdom, but anybody resisted a proud, stuck-up king like Antiochus, he got furious. He caused the temple uh, sacrifices to cease, and instead of the Jewish sacrifices, he erected a Greek altar to Zeus in the temple. He established sacred prostitution and on December 25th, 167, he basically profaned the temple. And you read in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 13, you know, how long is the vision concerning the burnt offering and the transgression that makes desolate? That's a very important phrase that's going to require a whole episode next time to see how this plugs into the overall scheme of biblical prophecy. It's not a simple thing, but it's a very important thing because the transgression, profaning the temple that makes desolate, that's Daniel 8 and verse 13, this is where Jesus picks up and prophesies the abomination of desolation or the abomination that makes desolate. What Antiochus did here set a pattern that is going to reappear in history that Jesus prophesied, and I believe that what Jesus was talking about could have a twofold implication, both for what is going to be happening in the near future through the Romans profaning the temple again, and in the end, Antiochus Epiphanes is a type of Antichrist. He will try to deceive through flattering speech, and he will persecute. And Antiochus forbade Sabbath keeping. He forbade Jewish parents to circumcise their children, kind of what uh, communist China is doing right now to Christian parents, forbidding baptism and catechesis of young people. when two mothers were found that they had circumcised their babies, and again, this was against Antiochus's law, they uh, killed their babies and hung their babies around their necks, and then they made the mothers parade around Jerusalem. Can you imagine this with a dead baby hanging, your dead baby hanging around your neck, and then the mothers and the babies were tossed off the walls of Jerusalem and killed. So uh, that's Antiochus Epiphanes. And it says in Daniel 8 and verse 11, it magnified itself. Again, here's the third time. It magnified itself up to the prince of the host. In other words, he was a king claiming divine religious honors. And you might say, well, I'm so glad we don't have to worry about kind of a combination of politics or civil rulership and religion that we have a separation of church and state. So I'm going to make a bold prediction today. I I try to stay away from this. In fact, I'll even call, I'm going to make a prophecy. And I guess there's a Danish proverb that says it's very difficult to make prophecies, particularly about the future. But in any case, here it comes. Before the second coming of Jesus Christ, even in countries like ours, where there is a separation of church and state, there will be 
a worldwide reunion of church and state, of religion and politics, religion and civil government, with a dominant ruler claiming divine honors. He will be called the Antichrist by discerning Christians. By many others, he will be called the Savior of the world because he's a counterfeit Christ. He is an Antichrist. And you say, well, Americans will never go for that. I dare say we're halfway there. What do you mean by that? If there is a national religion growing in the United States, it's narcissism. It's being your own God. Now, we don't have many rulers. Well, maybe we do. But it's a national pastime now that whatever is right for me is moral. Um, the Bible says we're created in the image of God, and God is the one who determines right from wrong. And when we start determining that for ourselves, which is exactly what is going on in our society, we are magnifying ourselves and by the millions in our country. And, you know, God made marriage between a man and a woman. It's part of imaging his God, and now we determine what marriage means according to our wishes and whims. Basically, anyone, civil leader, religious leader of any rank or individual who starts monkeying with marriage, with God's image, with determining right and wrong, or overturning the words of Jesus, is simply following the footsteps of Antiochus Epiphanes. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 160 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.